There was nothing else at all in the whole world but football. Hi guys, hope you're all doing fantastically well and welcome back to another episode of the Triple F Show where I was met up with Oliver during the hectic Christmas period just to talk about and to try and keep up with the heavy influx of football. This recording was a combination of two separate conversations that we had. Uh, the first was on the 30th of December last year and the second on the 6th of January this year. Uh, we covered the underwhelming start to Ralph Rangnick's interim post as manager of Man United, the Arsenal versus Man City game, Oliver's take on Leeds United season so far and who we both expect and hope to come up from the championship and much, much more. It was a really good chat and I hope you guys all thoroughly enjoy. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Been an interesting winter or interesting Christmas. Mm. Um, I mean, Man City looking pretty comfortable. I mean, they only got a 1-0 win against Brentford last night, but... The bits that I saw of it, they looked reasonably comfortable. I know Brentford had quite a lot of players out. Um, and Man City have seemed to have got by without injuries or any real COVID impact. Mm. It's quite amazing considering everybody else seems to have had a, taken a hit. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's to do with their like, incredible facilities that they've got. And also, I imagine they must have, have they got no injuries at all then? They, they've I mean, just come out completely unscathed. Sure they've gone none, but they don't seem to have been affected. Like everybody else has literally mm. got a list they, of like five to ten players that are out at the moment. Mm. They've got such depth in their squad, there, haven't they? They, they can. I mean, they've also they've, they've almost got two first elevens in a sense. That, just, yeah, that is also true. But they incredible. they seem to have had. Um, I think they've been really disciplined with COVID because they've been on such mm. a roll as well. They don't want to risk getting it to disrupt them. And I think they've whatever they've been doing has been keeping their players away from it. Because mm. they're one of the only teams that have played them. And is it Palace, I think? And I'm, I'm sure there are some others that have, that have... Not all the teams have played a couple of games over Christmas, Leicester have. Um, I think the majority of teams have had at least one game called off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cities to lose, it's looking like at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully my team's going to be a little bit of a banana skin for them on this uh, Saturday. And we've got, somewhat got a bit of a an advantage. This might just be typical foolish Arsenal confidence, <laughs> thinking that we can get something out of this game. But the fact that they've played um, uh, Wednesday and that Arsenal have had a whole week, we've been quite lucky in that regard because the, the game on Tuesday was called off. Well, but yeah. for the match. We have, we have, but we've got the man with the AirPods, Albert Stauvenberg. He's going to be jumping in. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, yeah, I don't think it matters too much if the manager's there or not. Um, I just think that the confidence that we're on at the moment, we're absolutely flying. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty confident, pretty confident about Started it. Started December with those two defeats to Man United and Everton. That was quite a late the, defeat against Everton as well, if I'm remembering. Yeah, but then you've won four on the bounce. Our, our home form as well gives me a lot of confidence. I don't think we've lost. I think Chelsea was the last home game that we lost. Uh, the rest we've been, yeah, we've been pretty formidable. We haven't lost since Chelsea at the start of the season. Mm. It was those first three games that, yeah, it 
made everybody believe that we were going to get relegated and Arteta should have been sacked and all that crap. But it's, it's mental to think where we were after those three games compared to where we are now. Yeah, it, it goes to show that, you know, just give the manager a bit of patience and see what happens. Yeah, I understand but, you had um, a bit of a COVID outbreak though, didn't you, Before just before the season started, I think. Yeah, possibly. Sure, possibly. I, yeah, I'm sure I read something that. about that recently. It, I think because when it happened, it hadn't really been affecting any of the teams, so a big deal wasn't really made of it at the time. Mm. I only read rec- I think it was only last week that I read that that had happened just before the season started, which is obviously going to disrupt things. Yeah, Brentford away, their Premier League debut, nighttime game. You know, mm. it was a pro- proper banana skin game that was. Yeah, no, uh, Bre- yeah, Brentford were absolutely on a high. And we just, if you look at our back line back then, we had like Kalazanac, um Ben White was just making his debut. Um, our back line was just an absolute mishmash of, I think, Holding and Chambers were centre-backs or something like that. And it was just, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't ideal. But obviously we were still in the middle of the January transfer window as well. And since then we've, we, our signings have been almost impeccable. It's been, yeah, it's been great really. Um, but yeah, I think once we've had those new signings come in and allowed them to to bed into into the club, it's um, yeah. I think we haven't looked back since then, really. as well I was thinking we the last time we had a chat we were talking about Ollie Solskjaer and how on earth he's managing to survive the uh, the storm <laughs> and he obviously, he obviously didn't survive the storm and now Mr Ralph Rangnick is in there um it looks yeah. it's, it's it's not quite as bad as it was for Ollie but it's not quite as good as a lot of Man United fans were were probably hoping for it's um it's looking as if yeah, this this man it's with his four-two-two-two formations and his, him being the sort of godfather of the Gagan press is—is yeah, this really what Man United needed? I don't think the manager is essentially the issue. I think what the issue is, which everybody's been talking about for years and years, is the board and the recruitment. That's what the real problem is and they've got a bunch of players for all the wrong positions probably heavily loaded and top loaded into positions on the pitch which they 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 just haven't sorted out for years and years and they see themselves in in a bit of a mess and I think it's going to be a long time until recruitment is is targeted as the main issue they need to resolve and yeah I don't think uh, bringing somebody in for six months is, is necessarily going to solve that. No, I, it's weird though because they're talking about Rangnick having some sort of role after the end of the season that's not as the manager. So they mm, obviously think like that the director of football sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that they're thinking that these next six, seven, eight months, whatever it is, are, are going to be him putting in foundations for someone else to come in and do mm. their thing. And all they're doing is he's going to do the best he can until the end of the season. But if he has an absolute stinker, if he if the Man United. It will do the unthinkable and finish in the second half of, of the table, which is probably unlikely, but anything's possible given how competitive the Premier League is. If they finish in the second half 
the bottom half of the Premier League. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking as an Arsenal and a Leeds fan, yeah, it'd be bloody lovely, wouldn't it, mate? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking as a sort of realistic football um, headed person here. And it's, I, mate, I it's, just can't... it's amazing how how they're struggling to mm. do what they want to do. It is amazing. <laughs> when they've spent so much money and some of the players they've had, it's just bizarre that they've not been mm. able to get it right. Like, they've had some decent managers. I mean, mm. I thought when they had Louis van Gaal in there, I thought maybe, sorry, Louis van Gaal. Yeah, yeah. nice one. Practicing. Um, <laughs> you know, he's. I mean, it wasn't exactly exciting, but he, so they had a plan. Like you say, you've had decent managers, Mourinho as well. Um, I think David Moyes has proven what a decent manager is for West Ham. But yeah, that if you don't have, um, and uh, it's not necessarily not having the right players, it's just having too many players in wrong positions and just there being a mess in terms of their recruitment planning. It doesn't matter who you are as a manager. You're not going to, you know, if you're set up to fail in your job, you're going to fail. And that's essentially what's happened with almost every manager that's gone in at Man United. They um, yeah. just, in my opinion, they, they need to sort that recruitment out massively. Well, it's, it's an interesting game. They've got, uh, they've got Burnley in, uh, in about 20 minutes. Because um, mm. against Newcastle the other day, Newcastle looked good. Like I, I thought you know Man United did did enough to get that point away from home, which obviously isn't that's not what the fans were expecting them to go away to Newcastle and get a draw with a bit of a lucky scuffed shot and Newcastle missing some really good chances and but yeah you know they play Burnley tonight and somehow if they don't win that against Burnley like blindly what are they going to be saying tomorrow? Yeah, I mean I I'm not saying I want Man United to win. But I, as a Leeds fan, don't want Burnley to win. Well, yeah, obviously, (laughs) you're in a relegation fight. Is that the reason why, or is it geographically? Just just makes me feel more comfortable about (laughs) Leeds' position. Burnley have got like three, well, after tonight, they'll have two games in hand. But they've got three games in hand, and they're not that far behind us. Mm. I mean, they've only won one game so far this season, so I'm not not convinced they're going to win all those three of those games. And Mm. we're playing them in January the 2nd. So that's quite a big match. And it's just I'm... direct rivals for you at the moment. What's the... Because oh, I think we had a chat on WhatsApp roughly about who we expected to get relegated. I, I, looking back at it now, because I think I touted Aston Villa to go down. That's just absolutely mental look, actually thinking about it now. No, no, but they're on where, they were, where they were mm, before Gerard... They were in a precarious place. Yeah. yeah. He, he took them on quite a good run. And you look at... They're mm. only mid lower mid-table now. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't a bad show. No, but, no, but they've done quite remarkable since then. Norwich are going down, and it and it looks oh, very yeah. much like Watford probably as well. And then it's mm. hopefully Newcastle or Burnley. There we go. Easy. <laughs> yeah, it depends what Newcastle do. But are Newcastle going to do what almost everybody thinks they're going to do and and sign cash on? <laughs> yeah, like sign these world class players. I don't think so. I think you're going to see like somewhat faded superstars end up there maybe the likes of Philip Coutinho those kind of players that are going to end up going there I don't think you'll I think they're the closest to the the kind of level of superstar that you'll get going to Newcastle at the moment but That's even it. then would Philip Coutinho want to go to to Newcastle because if he thinks Barcelona is a 
a sinking ship. My God, Newcastle is like even more of a, yeah. a challenge, really. But well, at least the, the 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 difference, I suppose, with Newcastle is the fact that they're, um, yeah, they they've got money. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've. I mean, Newcastle's squad is pretty paper thin anyway, and the level of quality in there is even thinner. And the fact that Callum Wilson's now out for a couple of months. I don't know if Sam Maximan is actually injured or not, um, but he did go off mm. early the other day. And that, you know, without those two, the only quality players they've got are ones they don't own at the moment, in theory, mm. if they do buy more. So, yeah, it's, it's looking pretty precarious for them. Like, they put in a good shift against Man United, but Man United were very poor. Did you see anything of Southampton Spurs the other day? What you know, thing? You, you know, finished. So, you know, Southampton went 1 0 up, then. Salasu gave away a penalty and got sent off, which was fair enough. It was two yellows. No, he did a third challenge that could have been a yellow, so that was fine. Mm. Um, Spurs equalised, and then Harry Kane had a goal disallowed for offside, where his like it was one of those armpits, armpit offsides. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Fraser Forster in the Southampton goal dropped the ball, came off his own heel, and went in, and the ref gave a free kick, and it was like. Like he is, he has got you out of jail with that decision. <laughs> were they comparing the Phil Foden um, offside decision to oh, the wow. Harry Kane one? Yeah. But I mean, Harry Kane got away with, with an absolute nailed oh, red. Good God! Uh, yes. Which game was that? That Liverpool. was um, a Liverpool yeah. game. Yeah. And then Robinson that, how, goes how that, Lucky Yeah. You, you couldn't write. It was hilarious. I mean, Kane's was way worse. Yeah. <laughs> way worse. But. Um, Speaking yeah, that was another thing. Challenge, wanted... um, Zaka's challenge on Rafinha in the Leeds Arsenal game, I would have sent him off for that. He didn't even get a yellow. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, I can see that those reds would definitely be given. But yeah, it's a it's a, it's a dark yellow, shall we say? I mean, he didn't even get a yellow. That's the thing that makes <laughs> but yeah, it should, it should, like how it wasn't a yellow was absolutely mental. And I tell you, like every Arsenal podcast I've been listening to, they were like, "How the hell he got away with not getting a yellow?" Then was was mental. So I think uh, there was a lot of um, realistic Arsenal fans thinking that yeah, Jacka was a moron in that situation, which I mean, he so often is. And that's the, the, the annoying thing, the irritating thing with Xhaka is how great he can be because he's clearly, him and Partey are clearly Arsenal's best midfield duo. Yeah. However, Xhaka is just a, a Russian roulette of a player and it's like, oh, it's annoying. If you like football films, then come check out the Triple F Cinema where I'm joined by guests, sometimes football fans, sometimes not, to review a specific football film. Give me two tickets to that football film right now. talk about the Premier League action so far. I mean, um, it's hard to kind of decipher what's been happening in the Premier League, especially the last couple of weeks. There's been so much. Yeah, I mean, well, since since Christmas, we've not had too many games, have we, really? Um, got my, my handy, uh, handy list in front of me here. I think the last one 
that we haven't really covered was Man United beating Burnley because that was mm. on the day we last spoke. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's I mean, been the, some pretty big gems since the time we spoke mm, as well because there was the Leicester-Liverpool, which I think was just before we spoke. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. Arsenal City, which I'm still in tears about to this day. Are Chelsea. You, should we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah. I mean, let's not talk about it for 15 minutes, but. <laughs> no. Right. So, from my point of view, as a non Arsenal, non Man City fan. As a neutral, yeah. Arsenal just threw it away. They lost their heads. Mm. Like, why? It was. Gabriel was sent off, wasn't it? Yeah, but. <sighs> and Martinelli can... missed an open goal. I mean, you couldn't have two worse mm. things happening in the space of about 60 seconds. Yeah, but I, having sort of seen that on inspection, I was fuming at Martinelli, but the man of the moment, apparently the referee was like kind of in Martinelli's way. So he had to like step out behind the referee to get to the ball. But I, from, yeah, I kind of agree. I think for all of the moaning that you could sort of point the referee's way during that match and VAR. Um, I do think that there was a lot of poor decision-making. I, I don't see how the the Odegaard incident can be judged as not being a penalty, whereas the one on um, uh, Mr. Silver was a penalty. And, you know, they, they they were both soft, but to go to the screen for Bernardo Silva's, but not to go to the screen for Odegaard's was, yeah, I just I didn't understand well, it. So, I mean, you've got to remember the reason they're going to the screen is because the people on VAR think it's a penalty or not. Mm. So if they think it's a penalty, they're going to tell them to go to the screen. If they don't, they won't. That's the difference. Yeah. You think, I mean, you you could talk about conspiracy theories because around the some of the bigger clubs but I mean you're technically one of those teams so. <laughs> yeah no but the thing is like if you think about it like I'm sure loads of other teams have been on that the hand of dodgy officiating and you know this is essentially the first one for Arsenal this season so on the grand scheme of things it's not the worst but yeah I, I think what annoyed me the most was how we were absolutely bossing the game up until the 60th minute. We we had Man City in the palm of our hands and we just essentially threw it away. I think just, yeah, it, we kind of showed that um, inexperience to, to, to keep composed. And yeah, that that's kind of what annoys me the most. But I do, I felt the same way that the Arsenal players did when we were getting those those dodgy decisions. But yeah, to be an elite team, you have to keep your composure and not allow it to, to sort of get on top of you. I mean, it was, a, it was a great game for you in the sense that you showed that your players have the ability to match and potentially be better in moments than Man City. Mm. But it showed what's lacking is that mentality that Man City have. Mm. We've seen like get how many games have they won in a row now? Like they've mm. got they've got it. They've mm. got that. They've got the one thing you don't have. Mm. That you know, but it, you've got a lot of good things, and you're doing well. You still are you still top four? I think. Yeah, we're still fourth. So I mean, yeah. that, that that you know, now the dust has settled. I definitely have a lot of um, confidence and hope taken from that game because it shows how far we've come. Especially even just from the Liverpool game where we got battered five nil. 
it shows that you know we we've come a long way since then and especially against the bigger teams we're not we're not getting steamrolled um so i think we're we're definitely heading in the right direction i think um you know as long as we get our recruitment right and we make sure that we're not just going to be two midfielders after because it looks like we're going to sell Ainsley Maitland-Niles to Roma and that leads us mm. with the fact that Partey uh, and there's a few others that have gone to Afghan as well. Uh, El Nenny being Nenny. another. We've left with two midfielders in Xhaka and um, Albert Sambi Laconga and that's just not enough, like not enough for at all for a squad. Um, you know, Xhaka's do a red card now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. It's going to happen. It's a matter of time. It happens every five, six games. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of teams that are suffering from small and slight squads, I, I imagine that's how you're feeling as a Leeds United fan at the moment. Well, I don't think we've got any players going away to Afcon. No, but I mean, just the fact that you've got a, a damaged squad in a sense. Yeah. Um... I mean, you look. I, I've got roast tinted glasses on the moment because we just won, um, mm. and we played That was a well. massive uh, win. That was a massive win, wasn't it, against Burnley? Yeah, we had to. We had to win that. I mm. think. I think we we had to just to sort of remind ourselves that we can be we can be a good team. Mm. Um, it was good because we had a couple of players back. We had eleven adults on the pitch. No, mm. no kids. Well, I mean, our goalie is is a child, but yeah, um, you know, we had eleven eleven adults on the pitch, and we had one adult on the bench, so mm. that was quite good. Considering the game before, it was two and a half kids on the pitch and all kids on the bench, so mm. it, it made a difference. And James came off the bench; he scored and a really nice little header as well. Um, Joffy, uh, Joe mm. Gelhart just looks looks like he is a really good player and he's I can only see him getting better. He just looks like such a good player. Such a mm. good player. Like I feel so lucky that we we were able to get him from Wigan. Mm. And I know Wigan were gutted when they when they lost him and rightfully so. Mm. But um yeah, we're we're lucky to have him and hopefully hopefully with the FA Cup this weekend we might see maybe uh, maybe Bamford make an appearance. He didn't play for our under twenty threes yesterday, which I thought was a bit strange. Because allegedly mm. he's he was on the cusp of being on the bench against Burnley, mm. so it will be interesting if he's not involved against West Ham in the FA Cup at the weekend. Mm. Might mean he's had another setback, which would be incredibly annoying. Yeah. Does does it look likely that Leeds United are, are going to bring in any recruitments over this window? There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk, so I think we will bring somebody in. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk. At, during the summer about signing a midfielder and it never happened. Um, mm. O'Brien at Huddersfield was linked to, to us for a long time. He's being linked again along with um, Nandez. And I can't for the life of me remember which South American team he plays for or which Italian team he plays for. Sorry, which which nationality he is or which... I think he's Argentinian because I think Arsenal were actually... Um, Linked with him at one Is point. Is Cal- it Calgary? Cal- no, Calgary- no, it's Cagliari. Um, so he's Uruguayan, Nahita Nandez. Do you mean? Yeah, that's who. Yeah. yeah, he's a lot younger than I thought he was as well, 26. Because um, I think he's a bit, he plays as a bit of a utility player. Like sometimes he plays on the right and sometimes he plays down the middle, mm. which, you know, is the sort of player that would suit us. Yeah. It suits us. But... But yeah, you're right. He's currently at Calgary. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you actually pronounce that. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I've, I've heard presenters pronouncing it a cowdy like the G is silent. Yeah. But anyway. That was good. You sounded like you knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I, yeah, sounded. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's some sort of question marks around mentality or something. I, I don't... I've, I've seen a few comments, but I don't really know much about him. Hmm. But there's... I think there is... Um, we seem to get linked to forwards. We have done for like the last two years, but mm. I'd, I'd be surprised if we signed a striker with Gohart coming through and Bamford eventually coming back and Rodrigo, wherever he is at the moment. Yeah. yeah. What's what's going on with Rodrigo at the moment? It was some sort of weird injury that Bielsa had never seen before, mm. which we've had like four of this season. Yeah. It's a bit worrying. Um, is Rodrigo an out-and-out striker? What's the sort of... Well, I thought I thought that was why we were we were sort of signing him as a striker who could drop a bit deeper if we needed him to, and you know mm-hmm. run around a lot. But we've used him more as a number ten than up mm-hmm. front. Although saying that, he he finished last season playing up front a lot, and he got like five goals in five games or something. I think it was, mm-hmm. and he looked really good, like really sharp in front of goal, really good finishing. But he hasn't played enough this year to read really, to make too big a comment on him, I don't think. No. I no. feel like up until this point, it's hard to pass a lot of judgment on how we've played because the team we've I don't think we've played this picked the same team twice. I don't think we've picked the same back four twice. I don't even know if we've picked the same midfield twice. Mm. So it's um yeah, it's been massively chop and change, which must make it difficult. Mm. I heard something on the radio not so long ago where somebody mentioned about Bielsa sort of throughout his managerial career that he kind of likes to work with smaller squads. Is that is there much truth in that? And do you think that's going to have an, a bit of an effect for, for Leeds United? Yeah, I mean, he does. He, he does. Like, he's, he's. I can't remember, what is it? Is it six, 16 or is it 18 plus kids? Can't do the number, can't do the math mm. in my head. Um, yeah, it's like a set number of first-team players with space on the bench for a couple of kids. Mm. And then the idea is, if any of those are out, you just bring in another child, which is mm. exactly what we've been doing. Right. It's just the problem is it's none of those changes have been happened through choice. That's the mm. problem. And he's he's even been saying in his interviews that, you know, he doesn't want to change his approach. Mm. But it sounds like we are definitely going to bring in at least an extra one, if not two bodies. Mm. What's the thinking behind having a smaller squad? Is it just about that mentality side of things, almost keeping it like a close lit, uh, close knit yeah. sort of unit? And it is that it's easy, you know easier to work with less players. Mm. Um, he Bielsa sees it unfair if he has a player who's not being picked. He's like, well, you know, why would why would a player want to come here and not play? It's not mm. fair on them. You know, they're, they're a footballer, they want to play football, so they should be somewhere they can play football. Mm. And in theory, if there are no injuries, then you could play the same team every week. And his thinking is, if the player's not playing well enough, it's my fault. It's not their fault. It's mm. my job to turn it around. I'm not going to, why would I drop them? It's, if they're not doing it right, it's because I'm not telling them to do it right. Yeah. He, it's all about his, you know, putting pressure on himself and mm. taking responsibility himself. Yeah, but at the same time in the Premier League with the amount of games that are coming so thick and fast is that I'm, I think it's 
less of what Bielsa thinks is is the right sort of holistic approach, and it's you know you kind of look at it a bit more realistically, haven't you? You, well, say... you say you say that, but remember we we're in the championship with him as manager for two years mm. with the same size squad and playing forty six games. Yeah, that's true. There's there was even a I, I even a, an interview I can't remember now if it was with Liam Cooper or Stuart Dallas. And one of them said, we're actually quite looking forward to December because it feels like there's a lot of games and it feels like we'll be able to get into a rhythm, which mm. we were used to doing in the championship, whereas it's a lot more broken up in the Premier League. And mm. I felt like it, especially this season, I wasn't helping. I think the injuries was the thing that was making it worse. But Yeah, that's the thing. Did you have the amount of injuries that you had in the championship? No, no. No, yeah. no, no. This is, we've got ten, we had 10, 11, 10 players out, not including COVID. Mm. Well, therein is the issue that you have with having a smaller squad then, isn't it? Like, as soon yeah. as injuries come into play, then that's where you're going to sort of tread into to hot water, really. Well, we've got four first-team first centre-backs and, uh, like, a youth, an under-23, mm. who's played this season as well. Aren't you having to play Luke Ayling, like, at centre-back this season as well? Yeah, he's played a lot. Yeah, the, the way the formation, the way the team shape changes, he drops in sometimes, and mm. then, like, Dallas or somebody pushes out wide right. But he has actually played as a centre-back a few games. He's, he's done it before. I think he actually, when he was at Arsenal, he may have even played a, played at centre-back for a bit. Yeah. I can't remember. His his position moved around a bit when he went to Yeovil and Bristol City. But mm. um, yeah, he has played centre-back, which is, you know, like I think he, he played centre-back against Chelsea. And, you know, we played he played well there. It's mm. not, obviously not his, quite his natural position as being on the right flank, like he's great getting forward and overlapping, you know, and we miss him, I think, when he's not out, out wide on the right, to be honest. Mm. But we've got two two fit centre-backs now, so Aileen can play on the right. It's great. Urente and Koch. Chelsea Liverpool game. Did you see that at all? Did you see uh, Kovacic's wonder strike? Yeah, it was a beautiful goal, wasn't it? It was a, a busy, a busy game where Liverpool could have scored many more goals before you know before Chelsea got there first. And then as soon as Chelsea got that first, it looked like it was how many are they going to get? Mm. And then the second half, there was a you know it was a busy game, lots of so good saves from both keepers. Mm. Um, you could tell both teams were up for it. It was quite a good, quite a good mm. match. Yeah, I was expecting a goal fest again in the second half. Of, yeah. yeah, they tried. Mm. They tried. I thought both Keller at uh, Liverpool's goal was uh, fantastic. Mm. I thought. Yeah, yeah, he's standing in quite well for Allison. I'm not sure how long Allison's going to be out for, but no, I don't know. I don't know. But mm. you know, um, the the Mane elbow. Yeah, thing in the in three seconds, it could have gone either either way. If they'd sent him off, I don't think he could have complained. And um, I think you can complain that he wasn't sent off. But there is we he, go. Is he getting time. away with a lot? Because I I think he is almost. I don't know why. Is it because he's quite a quiet guy? It's almost unassuming that he kind of gets away with being on the edge, or is he just being quite? It was a bit reckless for the three seconds into the match, mm. but if. I don't know. Aspelaqueta sort of didn't jump, and when one player jumps and another player doesn't, mm. it always opens up the possibility that someone's going to get a, like a 
hit in the face with part of the arm. Mm. You know, I'd like to think that he didn't just run up and forearm, forearm him. <laughs> so, yeah, no. And in fact, there was a there was a similar-ish moment in the Carabao Cup game last night between Spurs and Chelsea. I think it was I can't remember which Chelsea player it was, but they caught I think it was Harry Kane in the in the head with a similar sort of jump thing. And mm. you know, I don't think the Chelsea player was being asked to be sent off. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Carabao Cup, it was quite. Um disappointing to hear that the Liverpool Arsenal game has been cancelled tonight. I was quite looking forward to that, especially with Mane, Salah being out. I thought we had quite a good chance, but um, the strange thing is now that you could argue that we've been handed the advantage because now the the first leg um, will be played at Anfield and then we'll get the the home tie for the second leg. Yeah, but we'll see. We've got players. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping as well. I'm glad that it's only been sort of postponed till um, next week and the following week because if it had it had been postponed to like another month or something, then yeah, that would have allowed Liverpool to get all their players back. But yeah, I, th- I think now's the, the best time to strike whilst the iron's hot. Going back to like the Premier League games, uh, West Ham Palace was good as well, 3-2. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie, so I had it, I had it on. Um, and you know there wasn't too long left, and West Ham were still three 0 up. Mm. Palace were trying. Palace, Palace hit the post or something like three times in the first mm. half. I think it was. West Ham pretty got pretty complacent there, didn't they? <laughs> they just thought, oh, <laughs> you know, put the handbrake like, on. I was like making a cup of tea, and it came in, and, and it was three one. I was like, okay, okay. Left the room, came back in, it was three mm. two, and I was like, why do I keep missing the goals? Mm. And then there was a um, who was it? Yeah, it was like an overhead kick, down. wasn't it? Yeah, I wrote it down, I wrote it down. Mateta. Yeah. Overhead. And it was like the last second of the game and it just mm. went wide. You were like, oh. If there's any team not to do that with, it's Crystal Palace because they are they're doing really well this season. I'm so surprised that Vieira's got them playing as well as they are. Um, where are they in the in the table? Let's um, have a quick look. I think they're upper bottom half or lower mid-table, if you will, I think. Hmm. It's still reasonably tight around the middle. Yeah, eleventh. So you know they're doing they're they're doing pretty well, and they've had a few good results this this year, haven't they? Um, that was actually that was around that. In that, speaking of good goals again, that Lanzini goal, his second oh, one, that yeah. was just he only scores like, boots, doesn't he? That guy. I think so. I watched it back about five times and tried to find all the different angles because yeah. it's like I could first of all I couldn't understand what he'd done. No, it just the ball sort of like floated and then flew yeah. off the bar. Um, that was beautiful. Yeah. Had that been Salah, I think we'd be talking about it for the next six weeks. But yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. But Lanzini, like if you look at his goal sort of highlights, the guy's yeah phenomenal. He doesn't I, score I, a lot, but he scores bloody good goals. Yeah, I did see a rumor a couple of weeks ago saying that Leeds Leeds were going to put in a bid, but I think that was just <laughs> some sort of wind up. <laughs> transfer gossip website yeah I don't, I don't see why he'd want to leave West Ham right now they're absolutely flying and yeah. um, I imagine everything on the camp is um, pretty rosy for him right now so I don't think anybody's going to want to he looks he looks confident he looks happy yeah he's playing. definitely definitely um, speaking of a team that doesn't look confident Man United that Wolves game um, that yeah, what is going on? I, th- I think this is going to take up a bit of discussion, but um, it's quite amusing because everyone thought, oh, Rangnick's coming in, he's going to sort of shape up all these players. But for me, what I think is has been obvious for a while isn't the manager isn't the issue. 
um, the recruitment and the decision making is the issue. And yeah. in a way, bringing in a manager that wasn't necessarily the right decision, because I think Ralph Ranyuk coming in being this um, philosophist, if you will, with his ideas of the sort of Gagan press and the four two 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 system that he that he favours so so well isn't going to work with the players that you've got there at Man United at the moment with, um, you, you can't fit Ronaldo into the system. You can't fit Sancho into that system. You can't fit Greenwood into that system. It's yeah, it's doesn't make any sense. I think Ranić works really well at systems where he's working with a lot of youth that can, you can kind of mold them. And, you know, he did really well at Leipzig. Um, he was good at Schalke. And I think he was working with these, these sort of, projects where he's able to sort of mold them into his own vision but at man united that's that's not what they need as a manager right now they needed a, a sort of big name they needed a zidane in all honesty somebody that kind of works with big names and gets them to go out and play but making making the change mid-season seeing what they're trying to do doesn't make a lot of sense no but i mean it's easy to say that with a tiny bit of hindsight i was expecting them to have a bit of a results bounce in a way but mm. but I don't think we can discredit Wolves no. like just for, for, for that result like if Man United had won that they would have won a few in a row so mm. you know whether it was papering over the cracks but I don't whenever I've seen Wolves this season they don't look great but they still keep getting the results so they're doing something right there that I'm not, I'm not seeing but mm. stopping the opposition from scoring and scoring goals I guess but uh, yeah I found it a very satisfying result. Um, <laughs> Me too. And yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see if they, Man United, make signings this this transfer window, um, and who they sign if they do, because mm. they've got a massive squad, you know, with multiple players for multiple positions. So if Rangnick saying these are the wrong players, then. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. You, you know, you're saying there about a lot of the players aren't fitting into this system. If they're going to buy into this way of playing, are they going to ship out a lot of players? Like, mm. is Greenwood going to go? Like, I mean, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Greenwood went, but, you know, obviously. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting time to be looking at them from yeah. the outside. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think from a neutral's perspective, it's... Um... It's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, if yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd be super happy if they lost every game now between now and the end of the season. Um, yeah, ten nil, something like that. <laughs> but I, I, I think um, it's interesting because there was a, an article that came out, which was actually on Sky Sports, saying how a few of the Man United players are um, not really on board with Ranić's project and, and not really agreeing with his. Um, ideals, which is strange because how is that like? I don't, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to be leaked because which players are actually going to say that. However, you you get players like um, Paul Pogba and so on that are more than happy to share that information. So yeah, it's interesting, but it, it kind of from how they're performing. I know they they got a win against Burnley just before the the Wolves game, but their performances have been have left a hell of a lot to be desired um, and i think you know if if it is true that the the players aren't necessarily fully on board it kind of makes sense if you you look at the performances that they're putting you, out at the moment. 
do you think it could just be them getting up to speed still? Like the players still adjusting to a new type of training and playing and whatever it is? And Yeah, it could be. It could but, be. But are those players really want to... Do they want to get on board with that style of training? Because it comes back to that age side of things as well. When you've got Ronaldo that's won everything there is um, and you've got like players like Sancho and they've got a hell of a lot left in their career to go Paul Pogba these kind of players are they really gonna want to do what Ralph Ranić's asking them to do are they gonna want to press and and run into the ground I don't I don't know I I don't get the feeling it doesn't sound like the sort of football that people would go to Man United for Mm. I imagine they'd be want swift attacking yeah yeah which essentially they could get if they all were on the same page, but yeah, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of mishmashing there and it's, yeah, not all of them are singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. Well, the way that everyone was talking about Rangnick when he took over, it sounded like he might have been the man to go in and kind of align the philosophy, the stupid word, to align the, the, you know, the way things were going, like give them some sort of, focus that everyone could get behind mm. um but i mean it doesn't seem to have happened yet but you never know maybe maybe give them a couple of weeks like like remember when they signed bruno fernandez a couple of years ago and that was was that in, that was in january i think wasn't it mm. and they weren't doing amazingly and he came in and won a million penalties and scored a few free kicks and got 50 assists wherever it was <laughs> and completely turned their second half of their season around mm. so maybe they'll do the same again yeah and they bring yeah. I, I mean, know who bring in, but that 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 sort of transformational signing doesn't happen all the time. So I think they kind of lucked out a little bit there. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're going to do that again. Um, I don't but... know what they changed with him because was it was it literally signing Ronaldo broke Bruno Fernandez? Because mm. I mean, oh, God, he he looks. Just like he's the biggest whiner, one of the biggest whiners I think I've ever seen in the Premier League. Who, Ronaldo or Fernandez? No, Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm well, pretty sure there was got a few early... whiners in their team, though, haven't they? Yeah, there was a game early in the season where he was like kicking players, and there was one where he kicked someone and he went down and he started complaining to the ref. <laughs> <laughs> Even he committed the foul, and you're like, yeah, 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 he's one of those players that. If he, when he's focused and when he's on his game, he's he's really good because he's busy all over the pitch. But yeah, I think there was was it the Watford loss this season where he, I'm not sure if he came on or it was at the start of the game. <laughs> he just kind of he was in the middle of the pitch. The ball was in the middle of the pitch. He hoofed it into the air, but he somehow hoofed it back towards his own goal and then left Phil Jones. <laughs> Or uh, I don't know if it was Phil Jones or some other central defender uh, in absolute. It might have been Maguire actually left him in absolute bother. <laughs> it's like what on think, earth is Fernandez doing? Isn't there something weird about Phil Jones hasn't actually played for Man United for ages or something? Why and why isn't Maguire, is Maguire injured or something? Is that why Phil Jones has now made a reappearance no. or is I, I, just, I don't know. It's, it's the inevitable happened that Maguire, everyone's figured out how shit Maguire actually is. I've <laughs> had to bring in oh, Phil Jones. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. I mean, that makes it sound like they'll go after a centre-back in January. 
Mm. Signing Varane was not the answer. <laughs> Which I, I, I do want to talk to you about this because I know how much you are familiar with Ben White and I know you kind of somewhat admired him when he played for Leeds United. But it is funny how people were making memes and mentioning how, oh, why are Arsenal spending 50 million on Ben White when Man United are signing Raphael, Champions League winning, World Cup winning Varane? For forty million, aha! How do you like them apples now, you <laughs> fucking Man United fans? Because that is brilliant. <laughs> ben White oh, is an absolute steal at fifty million compared to. Varane. I'm pretty sure that Ben White started. Did he start your move for your goal against Man City as well? I think he won the ball back with mm. um, pressing on someone and then then carrying the ball forward and made the first pass on it. I think. Mm. So he's good at he's good at that. Yeah, so that is, he, reads I mean, it, he reads it well. He's good on the ball. I think those that know the game, that's why I was really interested to know your thoughts on it, because I think you saw Ben White at his best at Leeds United. Um, And yeah, he's, I think, you know, if he's able to carry on doing what he's doing for Arsenal at the moment, yeah, the world's his oyster, because he's, yeah, he's brilliant in my opinion. You know, it was was amazing, because he, before he played for us in the Championship, he'd only ever, he'd played, what, one season in League Two, then a season in League One, Mm. or something like that. And then, and then he came to, us in the championship and there was there was an interview with him I think it was on the Yorkshire Evening Post I think it was and he said that that first week of pre-season at Leeds he was like telling his mum and his dad maybe he was like I can't do it this is too hard like it's really mm. hard and and uh, they or, or, or he sp- I can't remember who he spoke to anyway and, and they were like just keep going just keep going and and yeah, he said it was massively beneficial to him. That was, mm. and he he looked he looked unbelievably comfortable, and better than so many. He he was one of, if not the best player in the championship that championship that year. Yeah, like he was on another level. Like mm. It was we were it was such a great loan signing. It was a shame that Brighton didn't let us put in a. Uh, a buy clause as well. Mm. <laughs> <It was weird>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his ability well, on the ball that, that's so outstanding. Like that, just marauding runs that he makes into into the opposition's box. It comes in. It comes into how well he reads the game because he, like, I'm I'm pretty sure it was that goal against Man City where he he can see where the balls go in, so he goes in head trying to nick the ball off a player. But he's not just thinking about that. He's thinking there. When am I going to take it, and then when am I going to pass it? Because he, he seems to be doing all of that in in like one one microsecond. Mm. Because he just he'll get the ball off, he'll take it into space, and he'll lay it off to the to, to the right player almost every time. If you're interested in coming on the show for an under the floodlight special to talk about your favourite player or manager, please email the triple f two thousand twenty one at gmail.com or DM the Triple F84 on Twitter. All contact details will be in the episode description. Hope you're all keeping safe, and thanks again for listening to the Triple F. It would be nice to know who you think are the teams that might be joining the Premier League next season. Because um... I can tell it. Can I tell you who I want to go up? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. I want Blackburn to go up. Yeah, me too. Me too. That'd be nice. Just a, a nice flavour of a sort of nineties Premier League season would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean also you like you look at the you look at the top six and 
I feel like the others have all had a, a recent go of it. So, mm. and, you know, they're Premier League, former Premier League winners, or Premier League winners, however you want to yeah. phrase it. Um, they don't have parachute payments, so it'd be quite nice. Mm. I mean, it, I tell you what, it's, um, it's super interesting and it's only going to get more interesting towards the end of the season. Like, we know how competitive the championship is. Mm. If you look at that top six of uh, Bournemouth, Blackburn, Fulham, West Brom, QPR, and Huddersfield, and then mm. behind that, you've got. Hang on, I'm, I can't remember anymore. Than that. <laughs> uh, you've got Borough, Stoke, Forest, Coventry in there. Mm. But I think you have to look down all the way to Sheffield United, who are in 13th. And the reason I say that is since they brought Paul Heckingbottom in, um, who was, in, I don't even remember, he was in temporary charge of them last year after they were already. After they were already relegated, or anyway, in the last season, um, they've won every game, mm. and the only reason they're thirteenth is because they've got like four games in hand. <laughs> right. They've had games postponed. Mm. They're on an absolute hot streak. Yeah, and the, what you're looking at? Okay, they don't have four games in hand on everyone, but you're looking at they're thirteenth on thirty-two points, and Huddersfield are sixth. So it's the edge of the playoffs on 40 points. So they're mm. eight points ahead. But they actually do have four games in hand on Huddersfield. Yeah, so they can so, make their way into the playoff Yeah, uh, I mean, places. like I said, they're, they're on a whole streak of form, although I'm not sure if they've not played for a while now. Mm. That's the, the only thing that might might count against them. But but saying that, Huddersfield and Borough, both unbeaten in six, five. Mm. Both unbeaten in five. Wilder, Borough seems to have managed to, you know, found that, found that form since they came in. This is before the last round of games, but... Wilder was at Borough was five wins, two draws, and one defeat. Yeah, and in fact, I think they may be up to six wins, two draws, and a defeat now. Mm. So that's super, super interesting. And actually, to touch on Sheffield United, one of those games that Paul Hackingbottom has presided over was beating Fulham away. Mm. Now Fulham are in a bit of a terrible run of form; they're not won for weeks now. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah. Which is good for everyone else. Yeah, the but last five is a loss and four draws. Yeah, but I mean they've only lost four games up until this point, which is pretty good. Mm. You've got to say that they're, you know, I'd be surprised if that doesn't turn around. Mm. Um, but then you have to like talk about Blackburn. Obviously, you can't not talk about Brereton Diaz there. Yeah, Mister um, Mister Chile, <laughs> smashing smashing goals in, um, mm. and in fact, they haven't lost. Since they lost seven nil to Fulham, they lost they lost seven nil to Fulham, and they've won seven and drawn two mm. since then. That's just Which kind is... of yeah, giving them the kick at the ass they needed. It almost reminds me of when Southampton got smashed nine nil by um, Leicester, uh, yeah. and they just absolutely turned their season around. And I think they actually beat Leicester in their return fixture that season, which um, yeah goes to show that sometimes a massive defeat is a slap in the face that you need as a team. Yeah, let's hope that Leeds get revenge against Man City from that 7-0 <laughs> nice. Yeah, it could be. You, you never know. You never know. Um, but I, I think something I wanted to mention to you was, was quite interesting. And it's weird how you don't really see this in campaigns so often, but the three top scorers in the championship right now are all individually playing for the, the top three clubs. So you've got um, Dominic Solanke, He's on 18, point, uh, 18 goals. Um, ben Brereton-Diaz with 20 for Blackburn. And then 
Fulham's Alexander Mitrovic for 22 for Fulham. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, it's weird as well how Bournemouth's top scorer, he's not the top scorer of the, of the championship right now. I mean, that's a lot of goals as well mm. for this, for like just, you know, halfway through just the over season. halfway through the season. Like, mm. if they're getting another 15, 20 goals, they're all in the, they're all in the 30s, nearly mm. 40s. Like, that's pretty, that's yeah. just the sort of thing you need in the league, in this league. Makes yeah. a massive difference. It's so odd how Mitrovic can just absolutely score tons for Fulham in the Championship, but when when they need him to do it in the Premier League, it's yeah, it, it's odd. You'd imagine him to do somewhat okay, but it just goes yeah. to show the 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 sort of levels and the differences that you get in the, the Premier League, I guess. Yeah, he's a you know he's a, he is a good he's a good player, but he just for some reason can't quite. Do in the Premier League, but it probably comes back to the thing we were talking about earlier with Arsenal and Man City. Maybe there's there's a mentality thing there, isn't there? Where mm. in the Championship he can be himself and be a bit uninterested, but he's going to get more chances. Whereas in the Premier League, he has to be on it, and he doesn't like being on it. Maybe I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that is the biggest difference. That's a big good point that you sort of bring up is yeah you get a hell of a lot more opportunities I think Jamie Vardy even said it in an interview once you get a lot more opportunities in the championship whereas in the Premier League you have to take very little so and that's why Jamie Vardy's very good because he's extremely clinical yeah I mean you look at that top half of the championship and uh, I mean Forest were on a good run of form but they've lost their last two now Mm. who's your money going on for the teams going up mate Got, I'd be, I'd be surprised at this stage. If I mean, this is predicting this league is is fool's errand. But um, mm. I'm I'm going to go with Bournemouth going up. Yeah, and uh, Blackburn. I, I want Blackburn to go up, but mm. I think Fulham are going to. I think it'll be Bournemouth and Fulham will be top two. Yeah, and then playoffs. Yeah. There's no point trying to guess. The yeah, playoffs, you've got cause... dice. Roll, roll the dice. Yeah, the exactly. Like you said, even Sheffield United could be in that conversation. So it's um... yeah, Forest might get a bit of form back. You never know. Mm. I mean, we won't see we won't see the the playoffs sort of coming together until the last few weeks of the season. I don't think looking at looking at yeah. how they are. I mean, Blackburn, Blackburn, I'd be hugely disappointed if they don't manage to stay up there. As long as nobody comes in and offers them thirty thirty five million for Brereton Diaz, they'll uh, mm. they should be there. I would have thought, or it gets injured let's hope he doesn't yeah um, they should be there thereabouts you'd think this is never going to happen but I would just just from a sort of selfish perspective to have the Premier League with this 90s feel I'd love to see Blackburn Nottingham Forest and Coventry just in the Premier League just for that real retro yeah, yeah. feeling to it probably, probably especially with Leeds United in there as well yeah yeah a little bit but they've really turned things around considering were they down at League Two at one point? I know they spent a lot of time in League One. I can't remember if they went to League Two, but they do play in their own ground again. Well, yeah, they don't. I was thinking they, they they've been yeah difficult. ramshackled by financial uncertainty for a while, haven't they? But it seems like they've. I think they've got decent ownership now, and they seem to be heading in the right direction, which is good. Well, I think the the difference between them and the, probably the top six is having that proper goal scorer I think that's if they had someone that could smash in 20 goals mm. halfway through the season they'd be they'd be five or six places higher I would have thought it looks like they're establishing themselves in the championship for now 
but um, I, have a, I, have, I have one question for you i know we're talking about the top of it but um have you noticed that derby haven't been doing too badly recently oh uh, yeah they've got three out of five in their last five three wins uh, they're, um, but they had a massive point deduction, didn't they? Have this, yeah, this, I mean they're only on a they're only on a eleven points, but mm. I mean they just beat they beat West Brom just after Christmas. Mm. You know that's a massive result, and in fact they drew with Reading the other day two all, and I'm pretty sure they were two 0 down with only a few minutes left. Yeah, and Reading are only just above them, just outside the relegation zone. So that was a massive point for them. Mm. Too I much mean, to ask for getting out of the relegation scrap, though. Do you reckon? They could, they could, they could do it. Mm. You look at, you look at, what they get. What is that? An extra, an extra thirty points? Oh no, 40, forty-one points shouldn't be enough, really. I don't know. You never know. Is Wayne Rooney it, still their manager? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It'll be, it'll probably be quite close if they keep up this form. Mm. It'll be quite close. Yeah, it's a shame because I would like, I would have liked Peterborough to stay up, but they just seem to ship far too many goals and not score mm. enough. Which is yeah. a problem. I think Peterborough are almost like the the West Brom of the Championship in League One, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. It's a shame because you know it's, uh, the local team, a a local team, Let's yeah, a local team. There's Northampton as well, aren't they? But they're um, although they're doing well, are they in League One. Yeah, they're doing. They're they like top two or something. Yeah, they're second in League Two. I mean, Forest Green are making a right go with that mm. eight points clear top of the league the vegan avengers the vegan avengers yeah very good yeah mm. yeah good good if they can if they can uh, show everyone else how to do it sustainably then yeah be successful i really hope they build that stadium that they're uh been sort of planning to do um for a screen because that's um i don't know if you've seen the plans for their new um sort of eco friendly stadium it's called the new lawn stadium it's... i think we need to do an episode on them simon yeah maybe i will maybe i will but um from all of the the plans uh, it's a beautiful beautiful stadium if you just google it now google the um i'm doing new... i'm doing, I'm doing yeah. it. eco park mm. it was approved by stroud city council um reminds me of those like old wooden roller coasters <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen oh that. Completely made of wood. Yeah, it's all made of timber. I like how it's in the middle of fields mm. in these pictures. I don't know if that's... Yeah, well, if you're called Forest Green, then <laughs> where else? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, as long as they can keep it so people can walk, cycle, public transport there and you know, mm. reduce the amount of cars and things. Yeah. yeah. It'd be worth a visit, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for listening to The Triple F. If you could please drop a like on our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter, that would be massively appreciated. Hope you're all keeping safe and thanks again for listening to The Triple F.